Welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. I recently uh, read the following story in Jason Lyle's book, The Ultimate Proof. Uh, And if you haven't read that book, by the way, I highly recommend you do. Uh, He says this, quote, There is a story about a little old lady who challenged a scientist on the nature of the Earth. The scientist had just given a lecture on astronomy, talking about the roundness of the Earth and how it orbits the sun and so on. The lady came up to him after the lecture and said, What you've told us is rubbish. The world is really a flat plate supported on the back of a giant tortoise. The scientist smiled and replied, What is the tortoise standing on? Obviously, it would have to rest on something, another turtle perhaps? And that would have to rest on another. He had her. But the little old lady would not be swayed. She replied, You're very clever, young man, very clever, but it's no use. It's turtles all the way down. Last week, we asked ourselves this question, how do we know that the Bible is true? And it's an important question, one that I think every single person needs to wrestle through. We rejected neutrality. We quoted the truth given to us in Hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 and 14 that says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. Here is what we're looking for. When we ask ourselves the question, Is the Bible true? Can I trust the Bible? We're looking for the last turtle, uh, to borrow our our, uh, illustration from a moment ago. We're looking for, and we could actually say it this way, we're looking for the ultimate standard, a truth through which we could evaluate all other truths. And the extraordinary claim in Hebrews 6 is that God is claiming to be that ultimate standard. He swore by himself because there was no one greater by whom he could swear. Uh, Let me go ahead and explain a little bit further. Uh, When we are asked how we know that something is true, we typically will appeal to something else. I know that this is true because of this other thing. And in his book, uh, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis uh, says that though he had never uh, seen New York City, he does believe that it really exists because he trusts authority. Now imagine trying to prove to someone that New York City exists. You know, conversation may go like this. You know, New York is a real place. Well, how do you know? Well, because I read about it in a book. Well, how do you know the book is accurate? Because it was published by Oxford University Press. Well, how do you know Oxford University Press is reliable? Because they have a good track record. How do you know that track record couldn't have mistakes? And on and on and on it goes. Even if you had seen, and this is the point that we made last week, even if you had seen New York City, if it's turtles all the way down, you couldn't know for sure. You know, imagine that conversation. New York is a real place. Well, how do you know? Well, because I saw it. Well, how do you know your site is reliable? Well, because I observed it to be reliable. But then that circular reasoning to use your senses to prove your senses. Uh, we know that our site is reliable because we assume it to be reliable, not because we've proven it to be reliable. And so even the very, uh, something as, um, something that we take for granted, like our senses, we, we typically are uh, assuming those to be true. We're not seeking to prove those things. And so how many turtles down do you have to go before you can demonstrate that your senses are reliable? Here's what we're looking for. And I mentioned this a moment ago, and I'll, and I'll say it again. We're looking for the last turtle, the ultimate standard. If we succeed in finding it, it would be a standard 
such that we wouldn't have to ask ourselves, well, how do you know that this is true? It would just be true, and every other fact would be true because of this one standard. For the most part, uh, we understand things to be true because we've assumed them to be so. But what can everything ultimately be grounded on? What can we make our final appeal to? And what Hebrews chapter 6 claims is remarkable. It's claiming that if God says something, there's no need to ask whether or not it will come to pass or whether or not it's true because there's nothing greater than God to whom God can appeal. Now, if you're following me so far in this, what you'll note is that this sounds suspiciously circular. When God says that he will appeal to himself, since there's no greater standard, we hear a hint of circular reasoning. But, I'll say this, if we're going to avoid turtles all the way down, and if we are going to prove an ultimate standard, we have to recognize that it's going to be inevitable to engage in a form of circular reasoning. Uh, This is absolutely unavoidable. Why? Because if you try to prove it, let's let's say you've got your ultimate standard. We're We're not talking about you know, uh, the sky is blue. We're talking about an ultimate standard, which is what the Bible claims to be. When we're talking about ultimate standards, if you prove that that is true by appealing to another standard, you're, you're automatically going to a lesser standard. If, if it's the ultimate standard and I appeal to this other standard, then that other standard must be the ultimate standard. And then how do I prove that? Well, if I appeal to something else, then, then and, and the problem is, you know, uh, is, is evident here. Um, if you approve an ultimate standard by a lesser standard, that's fallacious. And this is why, um, by the way, I don't use uh, evidential apologetics when I'm engaging uh, unbelievers with the Word of God. Um, we discussed this briefly last week. If I say... Uh, for example, history proves the Bible is true. What am I doing? I'm appealing to a lesser standard. Is history the ultimate standard or is the Bible the ultimate standard? Um, and immediately I must ask myself how I know that history is true. And actually, more importantly, how do I know my interpretation of history is true? So I can't escape this turtle problem unless there's something at the bottom And if there's something at the bottom, it's going to be the truth by which all other truths are understood. So now we're apparently in a little bit of a bind here. We are uh, conceding to a degree of circularity when we are attempting to answer our opening question, how do I know the Bible is true? And by the way, uh, as a side note, the Roman Catholic Church answers this question by saying that the church gave us the Bible, and therefore we know that it's true. Um... I would I would disagree with that language. I would say the church identified the Bible. But even if you give that to them, it only pushes the question out. How do we know that the church is reliable, for example? And so you still have the same problem. In fact, actually, you have a bigger problem because the church is not self-attesting. And that is exactly what we are looking for when we're looking for an ultimate standard. We're looking for a truth that can be self-attesting. And God, again, makes that claim in Hebrews 6 when he says, uh, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. This truth is is, uh, expressed elsewhere in Scripture in Amos 6, verse 8. 
the Lord God has sworn by himself. Or John 8, 13 to 14, when Jesus is being challenged by the Pharisees. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came and from where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. God, Jesus, the Bible, they're all self-attesting. That's how we know that they're true. But there's something else to recognize. So the Christian is not saying the Bible claims to be the word of God. Therefore, the Bible is the word of God. Uh, Jason Lyle, again, in his book, uh, The Ultimate Proof, says it this way. Quote, the Bible must be the word of God because it says it is. And if you reject this claim, you are reduced to foolishness. End quote. Uh, why is this the case? Because anytime you try and disprove the Bible, you must assume the Bible in order to disprove it. It's like the, the critic of air. You know, imagine having an argument with someone who says air doesn't exist. And the whole time that this person is articulating his or her argument, they're breathing air the entire time. And that's the same thing with the critic of the Bible. They're assuming the Bible. They're breathing Bible the entire time that they're trying to refute the Bible. Um, when we prove an ultimate standard, one of the things that happens is we must engage in some form of circularity. Um, here's the, here, here, here's uh, where I think the Bible is different, though. Is the circle a vicious circle, or can it account for itself? Uh, empiricism, for example, we saw that last week. There was circularity in the way that um, empiricism is not able to even account for itself. Uh, if everything is uh, observed, or, or if all information is, is gained through the observation of the senses, you know, um, that ends up breaking down because how do we know that empiricism itself is true? There's a circular reasoning there uh, that, that happens that, that doesn't prove itself. But the Bible is different because the Bible can do something that um, empiricism can't do. The Bible can account for everything, including itself, at the same time. Let me give you an example. If you wanted to try and disprove the Bible you would, I assume, try and use logic. You would probably not say the Bible is false because my cow is in the barn. You would want to make a logical and coherent statement. But the problem that you face, the problem that the Bible critic faces is that the, the moment that you begin to employ logic to uh, disprove the Bible, uh, the, the problem is that logic is a distinctly Christian concept. Only within a uh, Christian worldview can you have a consistent universal logic. No other worldview can give an account for why logic is the same in every age and every geographical location. And so the Bible critic is stuck in the embarrassing position of having to assume the Bible is true in order to refute the Bible. And that's what sets the Bible apart from all other worldviews. It's the only standard which can simultaneously prove everything in the world while also being self-attesting, while proving itself. David Hume was an 18th century Scottish philosopher, and in his work on human understanding, 
he makes a fascinating statement. Um, he's, he's an empiricist, and he says this, quote, Thus the skeptic still continues to reason and believe, even though he asserts that he cannot defend his reason by reason, end quote. Uh, Hume concedes that he is going to continue to reason. He is going to continue to have beliefs, even though he says that I have no way to defend those beliefs at all. Now, if you're following what Hume is saying, you recognize that he is being highly arbitrary. If we can assert things without defending them, it's possible to, to make literally any claim. If we say, I don't have to have a reason for this belief, I just believe it, literally any claim goes. If you want to live in Hume's empirical world, you must relinquish any and all truth claims. If, if Hume can say, I believe in reason even though I can't justify it, then we can do the same. Hume is basically saying, it's just that way, and he doesn't give us any reason at all to believe it. Uh, and I believe, uh, and actually, by the way, this is, we see this a lot today, um, even in this postmodern age that we live in. I remember talking to a guy one time uh, who told me that if I, if I believed that I uh, could jump off of a building and fly, that it would actually happen. Um, those kinds of things, you can't argue against that if you say, well, it's just that way. There's no reason to believe anything anymore. Um, the Christian responds to this by shouting out, according to what standard? What standard can you say it's just that way? This is where every worldview outside of Christianity gets us. And I don't have time today to evaluate every single truth claim, and I don't think I ever will have that much time. But uh, if you trace it back far enough, eventually you will always get to the statement, eh, it's just that way. But the Christian has to say, why is it just that way? According to what standard? The Christian has access to something greater, to an ultimate standard by which all truth claims can be evaluated. Why do I believe the Bible? This is where we started. Why do I believe the Bible? Well, my answer is that I trust it by faith, knowing that it is the only thing which gives an account for the way that the world works, the way that the world is, and also knowing that to reject it reduces one to foolishness, eliminating one's ability to know that anything at all is true. You reject the Bible and you embrace folly. The Bible is sufficient. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com. Thank you.